Hello, I'm Laura Robertson, and I want to welcome you to the Women in the Workplace podcast. We hope that these recordings of our previous gatherings can be a source of encouragement and inspiration for you and help you grow in your leadership while bringing some insight into our community. Suzanne Light likes to be called Susie. She grew up being the leader of 11 younger siblings and credits family, church, Girl Scouts, and 4-H as formative experiences in establishing strong values. She has been married for 48 years and has two children and one grandchild. Susie is the retired chief executive officer of the Kosciuszko County Community Foundation from 1995 to 2020. Under her leadership, the foundation grew assets from $400,000 to over $58 million. Susie did her undergrad work at Goshen College and her master's degree in leadership from Tryon University. Both degrees earned while she was a full-time mom and CEO. In retirement, Susie has started her own consulting business to advise nonprofit organizations on governance and boardsmanship. She continues to be purposefully engaged in our community and wears many hats. Please join us as she speaks to Where Is Your Leadership Hat? Hi, I'm so glad to be here today because I'm so excited about this topic and I wanted to make sure that that I didn't forget stuff that I've been thinking about for, Laura, how long ago did you call me? Three weeks ago? Anyway, I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been in your seat and sometimes a speaker will have a kernel of something that you can run with. For example, recently I was on a panel at Grace College talking about leadership. And Carol shared a thought that comparison is the thief of joy. It's like, oh my gosh, since that time, I've probably quoted her every other day because that is such a powerful thought. Comparison is a thief of joy. You know, we all wear many hats. We're either daughters or moms or grandmothers. Um, We've got, we're sisters. We're friends. We are in community at work and at church. We all wear lots of hats. And today, I'm going to strongly suggest to you that wherever you are, whatever hat you are wearing, you have a leadership opportunity. You represent leadership when you are wearing all of those hats. So let's first define what leadership is. It can be defined as the ability of an individual or group of individuals to influence, motivate, guide, guide others toward a common goal or objective. A leader is someone who has a vision, communicates it effectively, and inspires others to follow the lead. Effective leadership involves having skills to build relationships, relationships with people, because you can't lead if nobody's there with you, right? Manage conflict, and conflict happens in any two people together. You're going to have some conflicts, right? Not a bad thing. 
It involves making decisions and taking responsibility for the outcome of the decisions that you make. So can you see why I think we have leadership? We're wearing a leadership hat no matter what we're doing. If we're fixing a meal for our family, if we're in a group at church trying to accomplish something, we still always have the opportunity to lead. Leadership's exhibited in various settings. Business, families, politics, sports, community organizations. The most successful leaders are those who adapt their leadership style to the setting. But I would encourage you, never abdicate your your values in those settings. You can change your style, but don't change your vision. Don't change your, your values. So there are many theories about leadership. Two of the most popular right now, servant leadership and transformational leadership. You've probably heard of those. Um, servant leadership is where, uh, where a leader serves others and shares power with those they, they are leading. So think of a, in a job setting. Old style leadership might be all of the workers follow the boss to make sure that the boss's goals are accomplished. In servant leadership, it's flipped a little bit. The leader makes sure that all of the workers are being fulfilled. In transformational leadership, it focuses on valuable and positive change in people and in social systems. Developing followers into leaders, that's transformational leadership. So very often, Jesus is a great example of a servant leader. Like Gladys and I were talking at the table, she goes, washing feet, of course. Jesus is servant leader, but I would argue he certainly is, not was, he certainly is a transformational leader. So I usually don't like defining things about what they are not, but I think it's helpful in, in looking at leadership and saying what it is not. I often get accused by my brothers and sisters of being bossy. Leadership is not being bossy. Um, it is not managing and it is not positional. You aren't, you don't have to have the title to be a leader. You don't have to have the corner office to be the leader. I boil it down to this. Effectively motivating, inspiring, and showing a way, shepherding, always putting people first. As a task-oriented person, that's hard for me. I struggle with putting people first. Think of Luke 10, 38-42. You know the story. It's Martha and Mary. I'm a Martha. Can't you see it? Jesus, please, will you tell Mary to come and help me do the dishes or fix the food? Because if she doesn't help, we're not going to be able to eat. That's me. I want to be a Mary. I work really hard and I fail often. 
Leadership styles can vary between men and women, and that's okay. Often, they say that women are more collaborative and they engage in more conversation to reach consensus when they lead. That's fine. Leadership styles can change in the situation, but it's always important not to change your values in those situations. Some studies suggest that women are more collaborative and inclusive in their leadership style. Women leaders, they say, are more likely to emphasize communication and relationship building. But I know some great men leaders that do those same things. And they also say that men sometimes, as leaders, uh, adopt an, a, a directive or authoritative leadership style. But I know some women that do that, too. So these generalizations are just that. They're generalizations. Women do have something important to bring to the leadership table. Say that again. Women do have something very important to bring to the leadership table. Um, Diverse perspective. Women bring a unique perspective and experiences to their leadership roles. Better representation. More than half the population is women, so why shouldn't women be at the leadership table? You know, to represent half of the population. Role models. This is important. Role models. Women in leadership positions can serve as role models for women in the audience, right? Social justice. Gender equity is still pervasive in many areas in the world, in many communities, and increasing the representation of women in leadership Uh, is an important step toward resolving that issue. Do you know the Bible verse, Matthew 25, 14, 19? For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To one, he gave five talents. To another, he gave two. And to another, one to each according to his own ability, to each according to his own ability. And immediately, he went on a journey. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. You know the parable. It wasn't speaking about money, except I did find something interesting today. Do you know what one talent is worth in today's money? A lot? $400,000. Okay. So it's, it wasn't about the money, right? It was about stewardship, responsibility, preparedness, using the gifts God gives us. It's not about how many gifts you have. It's about wisely using the gifts God has blessed us with. I pray, I pray that I'm going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, when it's my time, instead of, you were too much of a Martha. (laughs) So let's talk about some women leaders in our community. This is exciting stuff. 
Mrs. Conrad, I wish I knew her first name, Mrs. Conrad in 1915, more than 100 years ago, convinced the town council of Warsaw that Warsaw needed a Carnegie Library. At the time when Carnegie was offering communities the opportunity to have a library, he said, I'll give you $10,000. You have to bring books to the table. You have to bring a location to the table, and you have to bring a plan to sustain the operations of the library. Do you think that that town council was really excited when Mrs. Conrad came to them? No. Bunch of guys. Didn't have a vision. So, Mrs. Conrad worked the room, right? She talked to the women. They got the books. They got the land. And eventually they got the commitment from the town council. And thanks to Mrs. Conrad, on the corner of Center Street and Detroit Street stands Warsaw's Carnegie Library. Yeah. Now think about Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, civil rights activist. She's often called um, the mother of the freedom movement because she refused to give up her seat on the bus. I think I was 12 years old when I first heard Rosa's story. And in my 12-year-old processing, I heard tired, elderly, seamstress said no, she wasn't going to give up her seat because she was tired. Yeah, well, who's it? Paul Harvey says the rest of the story. The rest of the story I learned when I was 60. Rosa Parks was a community activist. She started when she was 19 as an activist. She was the secretary of the N, I gotta look at what that is, NCAACP, National Association of Colored People. And she wasn't the first, she wasn't the first in Montgomery, Alabama to get arrested for not getting up and letting somebody else have her seat. She was the first who agreed to let her arrest be used as a catalyst for the bus boycott in Montgomery. It's interesting. Um, you know, she motivated others. She was prepared. She motivated others. Our community benefits from, from some wonderful women who sat around a kitchen table, and they were nurses, and they said, you know, people are leaving the hospital, and they may not have good meals. And there may not be a way to provide them with some medical care in their home after leaving the hospital. And we don't have anything in our community to help people, help families through a grieving process as a family member is dying. Today, our community has mobile meals, Meals on Wheels. Today, we have home care and hospice. Thanks to Joy Carlson, Mary Ann Cox, Ima Jean Cannon, and other nurses who sat around a kitchen table and said, here's a problem. We need to address it. How do we bring our community together to solve a problem? They led a charge, armed with their expertise, and transformed our community. 
Doris Cooper and Lee Hudson. Does anybody in the room know Doris Cooper or Lee Hudson? They were my Girl Scout leaders. Now, you know, if looking at this, we're going, okay, adult women mentoring to young girls. That probably was not on their mind at the time. They most likely said, our daughters want to be in Scouts, so we need to be the leaders because there's nobody else who will do it, right? 22 girls benefited from Doris and Lee stepping up to the plate and leading Girl Scout troops. Girl Scouts, I learned a lot from Girl Scouts. If, if I were in charge of the world, probably a really good thing I'm not, I would make every kid be involved in scouting and 4-H because of the good lessons it teaches. The good things like running a meeting, collaborating with others. So, ah, <laughs> uh, Kelsey Griffith. I didn't know you were going to be here today. I wrote Kelsey into this. Okay. She was a team member at the Kosciuszko County Community Foundation, and she was doing a task of cleaning a mailing list of 6,000 names. Pull my eyeballs out. I could not do that work. Kelsey came to me and said, this is really important because it connects people in our community with the good work the foundation is doing. And we need to do this right. A leader extraordinaire, Kelsey. A leader extraordinaire. Not because she had a title, but because she took responsibility for a task that she needed to do. And she did it well. And she took it seriously. And I so appreciate that. Jean Northerner. Jean Northerner is a leader in our community. She worked for the county government. She worked at Lake City Bank. Jean is the person responsible for establishing Kosciuszko Leadership Academy, KLA. They started it in 1983. It's going strong. Jean and I both dismay over a white paper that was written in 1983, a, the year, second year it's in existence. Barnabas. So some executive man wrote a white paper project about leadership. And I quote, not all of us will be leaders. Fooey, fooey, I say to that. We are all leaders. I look around this room and I see leaders. Gladys, can I grow up to be Gladys? Right? I see women wearing multiple hats. Remember, hats are a metaphor for the roles that we are living out. You have an ability to influence, to motivate, to guide, guide others toward a common goal. So when is your op leadership opportunity? Every single second. Your leadership opportunity is every single second. Gladys reminded me of a time she came to the Community Foundation and she, she believed she was led by the Holy Spirit to, to come. And I believe she was. And she had this idea. And the Holy Spirit told her to come talk to Susie. Guess what the idea was? Gladys, what was the idea? 
Yeah. And, you know, she just needed somebody to listen to her to bounce it off. I didn't do anything. It was... <laughs> so, remember, your leadership opportunity is every single second. And how can you engage in leadership? Well, what are your gifts? What are your talents? Use them. Don't bury them. You don't have to create something new. You don't have to start a not-for-profit to be a leader. There are tons. I mean, there are tons of opportunities within 20 miles of where we're sitting now for you to engage in community activity. Start with your values, with organizations doing good things. 4-H needs caring adults to mentor kids. Scouting desperately needs adults. There are two potential Girl Scout leader, Brownie leader opportunities in Warsaw Elementary Schools right now. Are, are plants your passion? Well, there's this really cool organization that's getting rid of invasive species. You can volunteer for them. What about the environment? Lakes and Streams, the Watershed Foundation, they can use good volunteers. Do you love music and the arts? Wagon Wheel Center for Arts. They could use your gift. Gifts. And I'm not talking writing a check. I'm talking about being present. Share your love of reading. Be a book buddy, a lunch buddy at one of the elementary schools. Get more involved in your church. What are your gifts and talents? Use them. There's a, one of my favorite books that's kind of a guide for being a board member is Doing Good Better. And the author was the head of a Mennonite, Mennonite Relief Society, and his co-author was a board member for Habitat of Humanity National Organization. And Edgar Stotz, I think is how his last name is pronounced, wrote a really cool little, little thing with gratitude to St. Paul, 1 Corinthians. We may speak the language of organizational structure and mission, but if we do not have love in our hearts for those who are intended to benefit from our efforts, they will have no more effect than a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal whose influence fades away in its clamor. We may speak about servant leadership and clear lines of authority. We may have compelling strategies for organizational effectiveness and renewal. But if we do not have love for people, it is all in vain. We may distribute our resources with the utmost efficiency and give our lives to save the world. But if we do not have love, if love is not our motive, the world will not be better for our effort. With love, we will be very patient and understanding as we interact with other cultures. With love, we will not feel boastfully righteous as though we have all the solutions for the world's needs. With love, 
We will never assert our superiority, never selfishly seek praise for sharing with others that with which we have been so abundantly blessed. With love, we will never inflate our ego at the expense of those we come to serve. With love, we will always be slow to expose the failures and shortcomings of others. With love, we will not be resentful when our service is taken for granted. Love never gives up. As for theories and strategies, they will be superseded. As for organizations, they will cease. For our planning, our institutions are incomplete. But when our actions are guided by love and justice, they will hit the mark. We are limited in our understanding. We see in a mirror dimly. We are baffled by problems. And the lasting solution eludes us. But we are learning bit by bit. We long for the day when love will rule the world. Thus, faith that God has a plan for the world, hope that all can realize their human potential, and love that knows no boundaries. These three things endure, but the greatest is love. Make love your goal. That's my challenge to you. Thank you for listening to the Women in the Workplace podcast. Be sure to check out our monthly in-person events. On top of getting to hear from speakers like you just did today, we also have lunch provided and you will get to experience engaging table discussions with other women in the Warsaw community. We'd love to have you join us for lunch the second Monday of the month at The Hub at Winona Lake Grace Brethren Church. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to keep up to date and to find out about future speakers and events. You can also register at c41.org. That's the letter C, number 4-O-N-E dot org. We can't wait to see you at the next event.